0: This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. The Center for Disease Control in Washington, D.C. has
1: a shooter viral outbreak warning. State and local officials have reported cases of high fever, nausea, death, and even cannibalism. Look, before we start this episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast, I need to tell you something. I need your help. I need you when you finish with the episode. go to the platform you've listened to this podcast on and give me a rating, a review and to subscribe too. It helps me cheat the algorithm and get more ears on the podcast. And know this, I'm very grateful for it. Also, I have a Substack where I write about music and film and telly and all sorts of stuff. I love it if you'd sign up for dispatches. There are different price options, 5 quid a month, 50 quid a year and for that you get access to loads of exclusive writing and podcasts. It's the most helpful thing you can do to support the stuff I make. And again, I'd be so grateful. That's spook.substack.com. That's spook with three O's. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I think Jesus... This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system. Oh, shit, you're listening to the James McMahon Music Podcast. I'm your host, James McMahon, and this It's a Spook Media production. Let me tell you a story, John. There was a sculptor, and he found this stone, a special stone. He dragged it home,
0: and he worked on it for months until he finally finished it. When he was ready, he showed it to his friends, and they said he had created a great statue. And the sculptor said he hadn't created anything.
1: The statue was always there. He just cleared away the small pieces. Exciting news, rock fans. Story of the year from St. Louis, Missouri, return tomorrow. That'll be Friday, March 10th, with their sixth record. Entitled Tear Me To Pieces, it's rammed front to back, bottom to top, and every way in between with solid gold melodic hardcore bangers. And fittingly, on this episode, I talked to singer Dan Masala about PMA, WWE, the group's changes in lineups since the last time we heard from them, the brilliance of New York Sluggers H2O and how ropey their record slugs can be, and more. See you in the pit. Where are you? It looks very pretty.
0: Um, I am in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, it's I mean, the I- middle of... It's, the, it's noon here. It's the middle of the day.
1: I meant specifically the room that you're in. There's those.
0: Oh, t- it's my basement, uh, which is weird. I have this like walkout basement thing here, but it's like my little studio room that you know I do do some music things and some of this kind of stuff.
1: Would you call it? I mean, I I, I sort of want to vomit, like even saying this phrase. But would you call it a man cave? Uh, the The man cave. I mean, technically, yeah, kind of. I got like a little mini
0: fridge over here that has has beer in it, so it's got to be a man cave, I guess,
1: right? I've I've often wondered where who was the first person to ever use that phrase.
0: <laughs> Somebody uh, who did not get along with their wife, so they had to escape, and you know. And, but but it is now that I have children and stuff, uh, I do need like my own room. I'm like, all right, my stuff's in there. Don't don't go in there and mess with everything. So
1: yeah, I, f- I feel like if you've got guitars and you know,
0: yeah, it's nice B- to have bunch a bunch of place. gear and stuff. Yeah, you gotta have a place to go hide out, and especially for stuff like this, it's where I can go and hide in silence and focus.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that's what people need for this podcast they need to focus so. <laughs> yeah um, yeah i was just playing the new record it's uh it's got a lot of tunes on it hasn't it
0: it does have exactly 11 tunes on it yes
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not sure sometimes though that every song i mean imagine if every record ever released was just you know 100 percent tunage.
0: yeah um, yeah i know what you mean
1: i don't think that's yeah. the case but this you know i think your band have always been very good at the uh, melody and hooks but especially so on this record it feels peppered throughout
0: yeah um i think yeah i'm very happy with the whole the, the record as a whole um we had written probably f- literally 40 or 50 different song ideas that throughout the last few years in the making of this record um and yeah so they got narrowed down so much that yeah, these are definitely the the best of the crop but you know there's always a couple that, you know, probably won't end up getting played ever, you know, and then there's a couple that aren't going to be your favorite songs on every record, but but for the most part, you know, I think it's a great collection. I'm really happy with everything. When
1: you write that many songs, how do you know that you're done? Yeah, you never know that you're done. That's that's
0: the hard part. Um, and you know, I've heard a lot of people say this, this before, like they wrote that many songs and I was always like, that's crazy. You can't do that. And now I get it. It's like, they're not full songs. You know, you get like a verse and a chorus idea with like a, a rough, I'll record a demo vocally and it'll just be like, you know, like just me humming something, um, just to get the idea down. And then, you know, you, you narrow it down. Like that's, that's pretty good. Or sometimes you just know, and a lyric just pops out. So, uh, rough ideas then you then narrow them down to the ones that you really like and work on those more. So
1: Yeah, so sort of like a, a classic car enthusiast who takes bits of old cars to make a new car with.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, because we, uh, we'll steal a lot of ideas from other songs and be like, all right, same key, we can take that part and put it in this song, yeah. You can Frankenstein them together,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm quite proud of that metaphor. I didn't halfway through that metaphor, I didn't really know where I was going.
0: But like, maybe this works, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, it 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 makes sense, sure.
1: Yeah, I felt like I pulled it off. I did an episode of this podcast the other day with a uh, musician that I asked a really convoluted question to that I'd really thought about, and his reply was no. (laughs) <laughs> uh no no nope, no nope, not really yeah, yeah so
0: yeah, i'm no. good at making some kind of sense out of out of any statement or question i can i can i can word my way around it Be like yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think that makes sense sure yeah
1: yeah no thanks for indulging me um, <laughs> so the, the space between this record and the last record Isn't as long as the space between The Constant and Wolves, which is very impressive given there was a pandemic in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, What made you get a shift on?
0: Yeah, well, after The Constant, um, we purposely kind of took a break uh, because we'd been touring for 10 straight years, you know, and just just going hard for a long time. So we kind of needed to step back and and get refocused and stuff. So that was a purpose gap there. um, But that was like seven years before Wolves came out. And then when we, you know, got got back in the right mindset and got Wolves together, after that we were planning on like getting right back in and putting another record out within a couple years, you know, but you know, then obviously pandemic stuff happened. So, uh, which kind of worked out because we had a group of songs. They weren't the ones that are on the record now and it, it wasn't really ready either way. So we just kept writing and kept writing and, you know, uh, but it's still been another five or almost six years now, which is crazy because you. I don't know how you take that long in between records and and still have fans still, but it it's working somehow. But this record was not meant to take that long, but it did. But the world got in the way. What can we do?
1: I feel like you know your band has been doing what they do for a long time, and it feels like. And this might be one. This might be a question you can just reply to with no. (laughs) it, It feels like. Okay, here is my assessment. Right, if you if, yeah. if if I was like a if I was a, a band therapist and you came to see me, and you were lying on the couch, yeah, I, I would say something like this. I would say, it seems like your band. It seems like you very much enjoy being in a band with each other, and you know that there is a loyal fan base that are into what you do, but maybe at some point in your history you decided we're not going to be the biggest band in the world so therefore we will set our own pace yeah
0: yes (laughs) i'll just reply with yes no uh yeah uh that's definitely kind of how it went um it's been 20 years this year since page avenue our first record so um and that would the success of that record kind of caught us all off guard we were not you know we were just kind of like Punk rock kids who were skateboarding together and just wanted to be in a band, and uh, you know that record came out with a lot of push from the label, and you know had a lot of success, which was great, but it kind of scared us in a way, like whoa, well, we're not ready for all that, you know, and uh, we kind of purposely uh, uh, fought against that a little bit, like especially with our second record, we made it a lot heavier, just kind of always kind of pushed against too much success, but then later it was like oh well, now we're not getting the success that we want, and then eventually, yes, you come to terms with that and you just go, okay, well, we're still successful and we have this lane that we're good at and uh, I like exactly where we are. So yeah, you kind of just you just find that spot where you're comfortable uh, with the amount of success and maybe income and whatever else works. And uh, yeah, if you can get somewhere in that sweet spot, you, you just stick with it and, and keep going as much as you can. And yeah, I, I, we're not ever really trying to be the biggest band on the planet because that comes with a lot of responsibility and craziness and Um, But we want to be successful, obviously, and you want to be able to do it for a living. And uh, but yeah, there's a there's a weird middle ground. And
1: yeah, I'm I'm really envious of people who find who can find that for themselves, but also that they're comfortable with it, because I think it's like, you know, I think that any creative person there is to a degree ego. And I always feel like bands, I mean, you know, if there's if there's one take home I've got from me interviewing musicians for 20 years, is that I just think that caring about something so much, which is often so difficult to do, uh, just amplifies so many... Um, this amplifies so many sort of regular human emotions. Yeah. Uh, so there's always that thing of, oh, this you know, this band are doing a bit, quote-unquote, better than we are. Like, maybe we should be at that level um is that almost like what you're you're sort of explaining after you'd pushed back with the second record
0: yeah yeah well definitely in the early days there was a lot of a lot more competition i guess like to where you felt like you had to be doing something because other bands were doing that um and that kind of goes away you know with you know longevity and like more success and whatever it's just like i'm just happy to be doing what we're doing now i don't really compare to uh what other bands do nowadays but um but uh, yeah, in the in the early days, that was that was a whole thing. I don't know. It, yeah, it's we just always wanted to do it our, on our terms, I guess, and we wanted to do it the way we wanted to, like spoiled spoiled little kids, you know. Uh, we're like, no, we have to do everything we want. But uh, you know, you realize that maybe you didn't know everything back in the day, and then you know, I don't know. It's it's a weird business all around. You know, there's there's no roadmap, there's no right and wrong way to do anything. So you just kind of throw ideas and hope that this works, and then. You know, and you, you adjust accordingly and you never know what's going to work and what doesn't. But I'm just happy that we've been able to have some kind of success still. And it's, you know, that's all it's all I'm really looking for nowadays.
1: I don't think this podcast is especially confrontational, but so I always I always have a slight reticence asking questions like this. But <laughs> for the for the sake of doing my job, sure. you have uh, you did lose a bass player between yep. the last record and this record. Yeah. But. And and that bass player, uh, were he you know he did he did say that he'd been ousted, uh, yeah. for One of a better term. What what happened there?
0: Um, well, it's complicated because we were a five. Well, originally we were a four piece with the four that are in the band now. Um, then we had you know we we got a second guitar player uh, named Greg that was in the band when Page Avenue was getting recorded um he we kicked him out early on in the early days um and then we got phil who was a second guitar player at first for a lot for most of the years um but then adam our bass player he didn't want to tour anymore and left the band like just on good terms he just didn't really want to do it you know he was a little burnt out so he left and then phil took over on bass so we just became a four-piece we didn't want to get new members or anything you know so he wasn't originally the bass player either way but, um, you know, and then it, being in a band is, is a marriage, you know, and people get along, people don't get along. Uh, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs with a few relationships with him and the band. And uh, it, it was pretty simple. It was just like, it's not working anymore. Um, we can either stop being a band or the only way to really go forward is without him. So, um, So whenever we asked him to leave, it really wasn't like very, it, there was no crazy story behind it. It was just like, look, man, we tried a lot. Over the years, uh, many different uh, meetings and like, hey, we got to fix this problem. You know, we got to fix the problem. Something's wrong here. And, uh, you know, just it just never worked. So when we asked him to leave, we knew the only option was to have Adam come back and take back his original bass role. Because once again, we didn't want new people in this band. It's been a band for 20 years with the same guys, you know, in some form or another. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Adam came back and now we're just the same four piece that we originally originally were, but... Yeah, uh, it's hard, man. Being a band's hard, especially f- for this long to uh, be in in the sit- in a business situation with the same guys. It's it's hard to keep going.
1: I thought that was a that was a very pleasant. Uh, <laughs> That's the nice, I'm, easy
0: explanation. Yes.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. Have you have you rehearsed that in front of the mirror or? No, I haven't.
0: And actually, I haven't even talked about it at all yet. That's weird. Yeah, uh, I think everybody kind of dodges that question because they don't think you know because most people don't want to dwell on that kind of stuff and talk about it, but. Yeah. But it's important. People want to know these things, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, I remember, you know, my rock magazine days, I remember speaking to some, I remember speaking to some fans, at a, uh, sort of fan meet and greet thing. And I can't remember who the band was, but they'd recently changed the lineup and they were yeah, It sort of reminded me of what I was like as a teenager, the when I felt like invested in like a, a bunch of people. So I sort of feel yeah. it like, is stuff you, kind of need to talk about i just kind of i just couch it all by doing the bit of throat clearing beforehand saying well (laughs) it's not that kind of podcast because yeah yeah you you don't want to just be like so why did you kick your bass player out because yeah
0: yeah well it's good because when we did when the whole thing went down we didn't talk much about it because you know we didn't we didn't want to make it a big ordeal especially like you know you don't want to be like mom and dad are fighting or whatever the whole you know it was just like look we're going our separate ways and we didn't really offer much of an explanation and, you know, we're still, we're not going to get into all the details of it, but just people can't get along sometimes, you know, and it's, it's really is that simple. It's just, you know, for the sanity of everybody, that's how it had to go down.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, look at divorce rates. It, it happens, yeah. you know, uh, but it's that thing of, I don't know, like, I suppose when I was younger and I was a fan of bands, I maybe craved a sight. I maybe kind of craved the drama a little bit, but.
0: Yeah. Man, yeah. You want to know like the details. Yeah.
1: Exactly. But, Man, if if this world needs one thing right now, it's less drama, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so I think it's good to keep things in house to a degree.
0: Yeah. And it, it yeah, it wasn't real dramatic either way. It was just um uh, this is happening. This has to happen. If we're going to be a band cuz we weren't like full time at the at the time anyway. We weren't in the middle of world tours or anything where it's like, oh, you got kicked out in Hong Kong and we flew him home. You know, it was just like it was just in between and it's like, look, this is the, this something has to change, so that's nah, just where it went.
1: I, I've got to ask you this because I'm a I am for my sins a big wrestling fan. What was yes. it like when you? Because uh, you were with Christian Cage's theme for a time, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. What was that? What I mean, I'm just I'm, I guess I'm just fascinated by what the <laughs> process of something like that is.
0: Yeah, it was it was very random for us. We have we had a mutual friend that worked uh, at WWE at the time. He was like in the promotions world or something. Um so he just kinda got a hold of us out of nowhere and he was like, Hey, do you wanna re-record uh the theme song for Christian? And we were like, Okay, because we didn't write the song or anything. It was already his theme, I think, and uh, but there was a different version. He was like, Cool, you got like two days, go to the studio and rework this song. And it was like, Oh, okay. And this is before we had like basement studios and stuff. It was like pretty early on, so we had to like go to a studio and work this song out and make it our own in some way, which we did and it, it ended up being really cool. Um, but it was kind of just like a spur of the moment, like, whoa, what are we doing? Okay. And then a lot of people really like it. And, you know, people ask us about it all the time. But We're like, oh, well, yeah, it's cool, but it's not our song necessarily. So we don't really think about it very often in a weird way. But it was cool. It was an honor to be able to do it. But, yeah, it's just one of those random things.
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, he's over at the other company now. But I do wonder whether if, if he ever ends up in their uh, in their Hall of Fame, I wonder whether they will. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder whether yeah, he'll get another rare in.
0: Yeah, he used it for a long time. I, I was always surprised. I was like, "Oh, he's he's still going." Because I'm not a huge fan necessarily. I mean, I think it's great, and I watch it every once in a while. But we didn't really know a whole lot about it. I don't want to like crush dreams because a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's so cool, you guys did that." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, it was just kind of random for us," you know.
1: What happened to what happened to your documentary?
0: Um, the uh, the the the, the who killed the music industry thing.
1: Yeah, did it get finished?
0: Um, yeah, uh yeah, that was Adam and Ryan uh that they they were doing that for a while. They they finished it, but then it it like just kind of came out softly and then yeah, they it didn't really get a whole lot of of uh of, you know, attention anywhere. And it it was kind of weird timing when they were doing it cuz the world was still changing so much, you know, like the the streaming world and everything and they were trying to figure it out as they were going along and it's really cool and entertaining. There's a lot of great interviews with a lot of artists and stuff and uh, you know, uh, we're all in it, of course, because it's our band. But it was Adam and Ryan. They've always been um, – they did our our early DVDs for, for Story of the Year and stuff. They edited all that stuff. And they're just really good at that kind of stuff. They did a lot of our videos and all that kind of stuff too. So they just like to make movies and home video. They just like to do that kind of stuff. So it was kind of just a fun project for them. And then I don't think it ever got to the point where they exactly wanted it to. But
1: it was cool. Yeah, yeah it kind of felt like something that I was really – I was I was interested and then I was waiting for and then I didn't hear anything about and then uh, I've just yeah basically- I don't even I don't even know if like if you can go watch it anywhere right now I don't
0: actually know I I would have to ask them because I I kind of forgot about it it's been a few years now so yeah it's I, somewhere
1: I'll try and do a deep dive later yeah there, see if I can find it I'm a bad band
0: friend I guess I should know these things
1: do you think there'll ever be another uh, fuck off and die's record
0: ooh we still get together all the time and hang out. But as you, uh, if you know the band, then you know that uh, the, it's just about partying and having fun and mostly about drinking. So uh, when we do get together, we're usually just drunk and we're like, we're still a band, right? Yeah, yeah, let's do something. Let's, let's play a show. Um, so, yes, it's never off the table. But, uh, but Story of the Year got busy again, so we've kind of put it on the back burner for a little bit. But it's always super fun. You know, just, it's right, right. just a great time. It was never meant to be anything more than that. And I think we succeeded very well keeping it very, very straight punk rock, just good times.
1: You should open for Story of the Year.
0: We did uh, one little Midwest tour um, a few years back. But yeah, we just did like three or four days in a row. And that was hard because I had to do six or eight set. I think it was four days, something. But yeah, I had to do like eight sets in four days or whatever, you know, because I was opening and then headlining. So that's hard, but, but we did it one time. It was fun.
1: Has anyone ever told you that you have a very positive mental attitude?
0: <laughs> uh i don't know if anybody's told me but i try to have that yes what's i mean your... not always i'm I'm not always very cheerful and happy if you ask my my wife and children but uh what... but in in general in public
1: yes what, what's your secret
0: i don't know I, I don't have a whole lot to be super negative about you know i've i've had success doing exactly what i love to do in life so that's pretty pretty awesome um, but, you know, if you put positivity out in the world, you're usually going to get it back. So and, uh, you know, uh, and I've grown up in the punk rock world where that it became where that came from and the idea of PMA and uh, H2O is one of my favorite bands of all time. Not that that's where it came from, but Toby from H2O is a very big proponent of of that of that lifestyle and that that attitude. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's great. I, I've I've tried it. <laughs> I've tried.
0: <laughs> I don't I wouldn't say that I always act like that, but yeah, it's good to try to be that
1: way. Yeah. I think a lot of it is like how you built, you know. I think a lot of it is almost like how you built sort of psychologically, biologically, whatever. I like, I just find it really hard to like uh sort of focus on exactly what's just in front of me. And I think that's actually a a lot of what it's about is actually kind of trying to be kind of grateful for what you've got and, and, you know, and all that stuff about, you know, kind of putting stuff out. I can just kind of, I can just, I mean, I think I am a fairly positive person, but I can just, you know, latch onto something that's in like the new cycle. And that's yeah, kind of takes me away. Is that not something that you seemingly have a problem with?
0: Um, Yeah, there, there's been a lot of, especially in the last few years, it's real easy to, you know, get super depressed or just focused on a lot of negativity because there's so much negativity and especially in politics and, and, uh, news and all that. But, um, no, I literally had to stop like during the pandemic times and just all the arguing of politics and left and right and who's right and wrong. I was just, I had to stop. I had to turn all of it off. Cause yeah, that, that was overwhelming altogether. It was real easy to just, you know, be super pissed off about everything in, in the world at that point. And uh, yes, I do. I do do that as well. I'm not. I'm definitely not the most positive person by any means. But it's sometimes it's fun to dwell on on negativity and just really be like, "Fuck it, I'm pissed off about everything." You know. That I think that's great sometimes too. Sometimes that is a positive to just be angry. Uh Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I don't know.
1: Maybe I need to listen to H2O more. What's your favorite? <laughs> what's your What's your favorite H2O album? Um,
0: it changed. I. Now, like looking back, faster than the world, their third record was like my one of my was always my kind of favorite, but I think the first self titled and thicker than water are amazing too. I even liked Go when it came out, but that was like when they got a little bit more mainstream. But uh, at the time, I was like, this is fine. You know, I was I was pretty young still, I was like in my late teens, so it was like my teenage years. I was just like, I loved that, I loved all about the uh, more melodic hardcore stuff that was that was my favorite cuz i was like into like tougher heavier stuff but i liked the melody that that h2o brought to it
1: i will say this you know there's that meme there's like there's that weezer meme that basically like any photo can be a weezer <laughs> al- album cover
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah i do feel a little bit like that about h2o i feel a little bit like by
0: like if it's a tattoo of something yeah
1: yeah i feel like if you went into like any tattoo parlor and flick yeah. through the you know the sort of the stock designs and then put the h2o logo <laughs> on it it that would could... that,
0: that should be a meme that'd be great somebody should start doing that
1: very nice though isn't it yeah nobody. Uh,
0: they're not they're not uh, that widespread of a uh, popularity but
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think maybe it could just be me and you sharing it just yeah
0: i it. think i think yeah certain group of hardcore kids would love that <sighs>
1: Well, if yeah. I, if I, if I get time after I've hunted out the uh, the documentary we were just talking about then I'll, I'll yeah, get, yeah, am yeah. I am I'm get get Put that it.
0: on your list of to-dos after this.
1: <sighs> it's a very long list. When <laughs> when are you when are you coming to the UK?
0: Oh, I've I've been doing a bunch of UK interviews and I'm just like, oh, I I I don't know. We keep getting offers for things and try to lock it down and it's just monetarily it's been impossible for us to get there right now for some reason, but so, yes, we are trying, and we have nothing official actually booked right this moment, but we have a couple of offers that hopefully are going to pan out as soon as possible, but not for a little bit still.
1: watch this space, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you could have replied then just with no, that would have been, no, no, that, that would have been an awkward way to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> Listen, like I say, I think that your new record is uh, is bangers after bangers after bangers. So uh, thank you. I'm looking forward to when you get to these shores eventually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're super excited about the record. And uh, I want to get tour everywhere, of course. But uh, yeah, Uh, I know we got some uh, some offers for some uh, bigger things next year for sure. But hopefully we can get there before that. I don't know. We're working on it. But we appreciate everybody there. We just can't always make it work.
1: See, see, positivity. Till positivity. Positivity till the very end. Well, that was episode 137. Thanks to Dan for the chat. Thanks to Emma Van Dykes for hooking us up. The theme tune is by the Van Jobbers. And I'll see you soon. howdy
0: and good morning to anyone suffering from depression and anxiety have you tried stopping it just don't be normal fucking idiots go outside touch some grass you'll feel better